0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Today is January 28th, 2020. I'm Chris Wood and the host of LGBT Tech After Hours. I'm joined today by two of the LGBT Tech team members, Ellie Bissett and Dee Williams. Mm -hmm. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hey (laughs) Chris. We're so happy to be here. Thanks for joining me. Um... Awesome. Well, happy privacy, happy Data Privacy Day. Data Privacy Day. Thank you. Who knew that was a thing? It's a mouthful. <laughs> you did know it was a thing. I knew it was a thing. You've known for several years. I
1: have. <laughs> I'm glad someone here is on top of things and current events and, you know, the work we do on a daily basis.
2: I know about it now. Because <laughs> I walked through the door and Chris was like, it's Data Privacy
0: Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably
1: how I learned two or three years ago. <laughs>
0: Oh well, at least you're all aware now we're and uh, now. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know. So <laughs> let's uh, let's dive in. Um, you know, so today we're gonna quickly chat about all things privately privacy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all things privately let's do this
1: privately, all things privately things but broadcasted on a podcast.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Um, we're gonna talk about your data privacy privately. Oh. <laughs> mm. um, today we're gonna talk about all things privacy. <laughs> okay. Specifically your data privacy. Um Let's kind of, let's dive off here and let's start with what is Data Privacy Day? I'm quite sure we can all figure that out, but what what <laughs> is Data Privacy Day?
1: Well, I actually have some, I, I was going to rewrite it and I was like, why bother? The National Cybersecurity Alliance wrote it really well. So I'm going to read a couple blurbs from their website um, to give you an overview as well as the history. Um so, a little snapshot is that Data Privacy Day is an international effort to empower individuals and businesses to respect privacy, safeguard data, and enable trust, which is great. Um, so, it actually began um, as an extension of the European Data Protection Day. Uh, so, in January 2008, it was started in the U.S. and Canada. So, this is now 12 years. So that's exciting. Wow. Did I do the math right? Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um... It commemorates the reason it's January twenty eighth is it commemorates the January twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one signing of Convention one oh eight, which was the first legally binding international treaty dealing with privacy and data protection. So that's why it's observed on the twenty eighth. Oh, so oh, that's, that's kind of a big deal.
0: Oh.
1: Um so actually how many years has it been then since that? That's been 39, 39 years since yeah. that oh, Convention one oh eight was signed. Um, which is That's a long time, especially considering, I don't know, and you can talk more of this, Chris, but just the history of data and privacy and Hmm. tech. and In 1981, what was there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't a lot. I mean, there was not a lot, to be honest with you. But it's quite impressive. And actually, you taught me something today because I had no idea that that's why it was celebrated on that day. So thank you. (laughs) Um, That's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, And then just a little bit more about... um, About the day itself. Um, It is, is, its whole goal is to encourage um, greater privacy awareness and education. So, some really good resources are on the National Cybersecurity Alliance's website and Mm staysafeonline.org. There's a lot of good educational tools um, and ways that, you know, quick and easy ways that individuals and businesses can ensure that their security practices are up to snuff and they're protecting their data. Um, as well as they can. So that's a great place to go for any resources if you're curious about you know, what you can do in the next five minutes just to check yeah. your privacy settings or learn a little bit more. It's a really good resource. So staysafeonline.org.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I think on our blog, we'll go ahead as we post this, um, we'll make sure to include some of those links uh, to National Cybersecurity Alliance, which has been a partner for many years, mm-hmm. um, including the resource... Uh, specifically geared towards LGBTQ. This was done um, five or six years ago with them. Uh, So really great resource. I definitely had a lot less gray hairs back then. Um, So it definitely ages me. Um, It shows my age. Um, Silver Fox. Thank thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, you know, when I... started LGBT tech and co-founded one of the questions I got all the time was what's gay about technology? <laughs> it was like a question I both loved and hated um, but I think and, and I think that this one could be almost construed as just as obvious but not so obvious so um, I guess what is why is it important for the LGBTQ community? Why is data privacy important? Uh, data security etc. Like why, what, why does it matter? And why why might it be different for LGBTQ? Well,
2: I think for us, like, we spend a lot of, we spend a lot of our, like, I, I don't want to say a lot of our lives, but, like, it kind of is, like, especially for, for those of us who aren't in supportive environments at home or aren't out um, or in a situation where we can come out, like, the internet is kind of the way that we build community and it's the way that we find out about each other yeah. and the way that we network in a way. And going back to the National Cyber Security Alliance, I pulled something that uh, LGBT tech has worked on them with. I'm just giving some uh, some statistics about um, why it's important to LGBTQ folks um, to have data privacy and data security. Because 80 pr- uh, 81% of LGBT youth have searched for health information online, and that's compared to just 46% of non-LGBT youth.
0: Whoa. Wow. So,
2: like, a huge percentage of our community like uses the internet for like life saving life saving resources, and then eighty percent of LGBT uh, respondents uh, that participated in this also participate in social networking sites like Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and that's compared to fifty eight percent of the general public. Wow! <laughs> so like we do, the internet is inv- an invaluable resource for us, and staying safe on the internet can like in some cases be the difference between life or death. Like when you think about if you get outed online and that can lead to harassment, it can lead to, um, it can lead to, um, all kinds of like, all kinds of like danger. Like, um, people can share your information online, which could like lead to some real world, you know, consequences as well. Mm So staying safe while we're online connecting with each other, I think is like, it's, it's invaluable to us. Like we need our data to be secure.
0: And I think that this kind of lends itself to one of the examples I like to talk about because you're talking about the fact that LGBTQ individuals are going online to find health information. Mm. But if you even boil it down uh, even more simple than that, it's uh, LGBTQ individuals most of the times, especially in this day and age, before they come out, they've probably gone online and Googled Mm. like... I have an attraction to guys, or, you know, in my case, or I have an attraction to the same sex, or, you know, I don't feel like I am a female. I feel like I more identify with male, but yet, mm-hmm. you know, I present as female. Like, all of right. those types of questions, or Googling, or uh, Yahoo searching, or binging. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. You're really dating um, yourself. Duck, duck, <laughs> um, <Dog> pile. <laughs> It's, it is you you go to the internet to look that stuff up first which is very different from let's just make it very clear very different from uh, heterosexual individuals heterosexual mm. people aren't googling uh what does it mean to be straight mm-hmm. what does it mean to be attracted to the opposite sex like that's mm-hmm. not it is a whole chapter and, and when I've explained that to people and they understand it all of a sudden they're like oh, you mean from the very beginning it's different? And mm. it's like, yeah, from the very beginning we are using technology in a way that's different. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like, that creates data mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. creates a data trail mm-hmm. and creates something that can be, and nowadays, maybe not back in 1981, mm-hmm. but nowadays with the with social media, with uh, tracking for ads and stuff. And, and again, it's a double-edged sword because I don't want to be presented with ads that aren't relevant to me, so I kind of like that. Um, But all of that information is being used. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I I think it's really important to understand and for people to realize that, yeah, it is different for minority communities. It's different for LGBTQ communities in particular. And that is a couple of the poignant reasons why. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, any other facts you found? Any other tidbits? Just want to make sure I didn't run over no,
2: those were the main, ones, the main ones that I found.
0: So I quickly wanted to ask a a question which was not on the pre-brief kind of <laughs> come on, I gotta throw it out there. <laughs> Pop quiz. Pop quiz LGT Tech Afterhouse. <laughs> um, what is one moment where you realized like where you realized your information was being tracked or that somehow Someone else knew something about you because of your interactions online. Like, and what, like, and how did that make you feel?
1: Oh, gosh. I feel like, I can't think of the earliest one. I mean, nowadays. Or just one that
0: stands on your yeah, mind.
1: Yeah. Nowadays, it's all about the ads. Like, it happened yesterday. We were talking about just an online service that there is. I didn't, Google, I mean, I've probably Googled it previously. Wow,
2: that's right. But I
1: didn't. I know what it is enough that I didn't then go and type it into Google. Mm. So we were just having a verbal conversation. I went to, I don't know if it was my email or Facebook, and there on a sidebar was an ad for that service. And we literally 30 <laughs> seconds ago had a two-minute conversation about it, and there it was. And it was, it's, it's creepy.
0: Right? It is
2: creepy. I've creepy, that really a lot. Creepy,
1: especially just when it's I'm on my laptop, and I don't think of it as, quote-unquote, listening to me, mm. but it... How else does it know that we were talking about that unless it can hear us or something? You know, if I didn't do any searches, there was no input from me into that device beyond our voices.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's a lot of people don't read the fine print of what is actually going on, like what apps are doing when you have them on your phone. Like I think, like Mm -hmm. iPhones done a really good job nowadays. At uh, and Apple has done a good job at notifying you when things are using your location data in the background. Because location data is a huge one, not just like location, like, oh, I went to Target, I went to... But they're actually tracking you within stores. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize that. They're actually like, especially larger stores, they are using that information to figure out where you're going in that store and Mm -hmm. then serving you relevant ads based on that. they can do that. Um,
1: I've been actually getting that just to ramp it because I think I'm the only one here who has an Android phone, but I've been noticing very much so recently since i got this phone over the summer that it has been all every day or so i'll get a pop-up saying such and such app is using your location data in the background mm-hmm. and i'm like wait a minute that even i didn't even know it had location data it's an app for oh. something that you wouldn't think would be tracking your location but it's tracking my location
0: we'll do so. really, like a lot of the games you use like, mm-hmm. like some of the games and stuff that are free it's like i think the most important thing for us all to understand and i think a lot of people do is that your data is currency like that is a type of currency no it's not direct but it's it's not far off from direct um as you know someone that owns a company and does a lot of online marketing like we rely on that information we rely on knowing kind of what your interests are and how you're working like it's it has been uh, an interesting experience to be on both sides of this i think because I see the value in the, in the ability to go ahead and make sure you're getting your product to the right people. But at the same time, it's like, how is information being used in a way that you don't know or don't mm-hmm. like? And so it's just making sure that you have your your different um, settings appropriately set. Mm. I did want to touch briefly because I think, and just to kind of expand. So like, where does it stand on the policy front? Where are we with? data privacy legislation. I think there's been a lot of conversation about this. There's been a lot of stuff in the news kind of tangent tangentially kind of sc- scattered around, whether it's local news or um, you know, we all know the big ones where, you know, one of the major tech companies is, you know, taken to the hill and has to go ahead and, you know, talk about whatever it is. And it can be any of them. It can be hardware providers, it can be some of the oldest ones, some of the newest ones. So we've all seen that. And I think I just there's been a lot that's happened in this, area, in this space, and I think it's really important. One is that um, federal, federal privacy legislation has been a really important topic for legislators, both in the states and on the Hill, but there's been really like very little movement. And then with the little movement, it's actually prompted the states to start to pass their own privacy legislation within the states, it's great, right? That sounds like a really awesome thing because the federal government isn't doing it. At least there's some level of protect protection, and they're keeping the ball moving forward. But but one of the biggest things that we caution against, especially working from a federal level, is it creates a patchwork. So what do I mean by this patchwork? I was trying to think of how to explain this to people like that would understand. It's like, okay, great. This is the, the analogy I thought mm-hmm. of. Um, so if you think about a puzzle and you take a puzzle out of the box and you dump it on the table, it's pretty easy to take those pieces and start putting them together, mm-hmm. right? Like that is a that's a patchwork and it's a patchwork that fits together. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that if you have if you take like four boxes of puzzles, oh Lord, you know, like a thousand pieces each, and start dumping all four of them onto the table at once, and then you start to put that box and try to put them together. Although they may be the same size, relatively, and same, you know, type of cutout design, not like jagged lines, but just the kind of square, it's still not going to necessarily fit together. And so then you end up with this patchwork of laws, and, I mean, come on now. Do you all know all 50 laws for all 50 states? We all heard, like, these weird, these weird nuanced laws that are, like, way outdated, that are, like, in the <laughs> 1700s, like, a wife can't get their, her hair cut, without her husband's permission, or, like, I mean, these ridiculous laws. So if you have 50 states with privacy laws, it creates a network of absolutely unnavigatable laws, which is just be a nightmare. And that's not, like, that's just the United States. We're not even talking the world. Um, And so, which means that, you know, the federal legislation is really, really important. In an area where LGBT tech is really focused on a lot um and really looked at. So there's two things that have seemed to really pop up as uh senators and uh, congressional members are working on federal legislation. One is um there's been a lot of back and forth about should federal legislation empower individuals to sue companies who violate their privacy, sue them mm-hmm. for money. Correct. Um which I think is really important um To make sure that there is some recourse. But at the same time, we all know what lawsuits can do in this country um, and what lawsuits can do there in the world. And so is that really the best course of action or is there a different one? Um, And then the second piece is should federal legislation, and this goes to the patchwork, should federal legislation override incoming state privacy laws? Mm. Um, Meaning that there's just one law that has to be followed but i mean even thinking about it from our work like okay so we have cookies on our website or you know we're tracking like that would impa- it could potentially impact state by state versus one federal policy and what we've seen in the past is that legislation will actually follow the strictest legislation so even if the united states enact uh, enact something Enact something, it may not necessarily what they may adhere to if it's softer laws than GDPR in, in the UK. Um, they may actually adapt to GDPR and follow a stricter mm. policy. Oh, wow. So it's interesting, and we've definitely been following it. Um, our Deputy Director, Carlos Gutierrez, has really been working on this both on the Hill and uh, with different op eds um, around the country. Um, I will say there is some movement forward, uh, which is really exciting. Both the Dem- Democrats and Republicans um, have signaled their willingness to par down like private right of action or that number one um, empowering ed- individuals to sue companies, uh, meaning they've just come to some consensus. Um, and we're continuing to watch this. I think that. The important thing around the privacy piece, um, and then we'll get back to the, the rest of the meaty stuff of just what you can do, but I think um, as we're talking about laws that are going to govern it, there are some things that are going to um, really be key elements in it. It's going to be, one is allow users to see, change, and delete their own data, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's, I want to be able to see and delete my data mm-hmm. on some of these things. Um require companies to clarify and clearly communicate their privacy policies. Uh, I think I've always said this, like when a, my favorite example is when a washing machine came out, like, can you imagine how thick the manual was on how to operate the washing machine? <laughs> like people before that had scrubbed their clothes in right. buckets or sinks or whatever you like operate. But now it's pretty much, there's a tag on the back of your clothes. And in Europe, it's literally just symbols. Right. So, There's a couple things over the time of me kind of talking about this. There's a couple things that have to happen. One, there has to be federal privacy legislation put in place. But the tags and like those symbols is actually not legislation, but a community set of standards, meaning that everyone gets together and says, we agree that this symbol or this, you know, this term means the following, yeah. and it's set as a standard by society, um, typically led by nonprofit organizations to really help set that standard. So um, I'm excited to see that in there. Um, and most importantly, and something that we've always called for, is that um, it will likely give the Federal Trade Commission more resources. It's one of the, like, they do not have enough resources to go after you know this, but resources to really go after any companies that are violating privacy. Um, and the FTC has proven to be a good company to, on all levels to do that, um, and make sure, tech companies, um, (laughs) companies that produce products, and so, I think it's, I think it's really, really good, and actually, I think that we're, we're moving in the right direction. So, that's kind of an update on the policy front that we're paying attention to as we're talking about data when it comes to, uh, individuals, but especially LGBTQ individuals. So, um... So I think we'll go ahead and include some links uh, from Stay Safe Online, right, Ellie? Yeah. Yep. Um, we can do
1: that.
0: So take a look at that. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to us. Uh, there's more resources on our blog. We're always talking privacy, security, data encryption, um, and i any anything else. think. All right. Well. Think um, so, no. Um Well, happy Data Privacy Day <laughs> from all of us here at LGBT Tech. Uh, thanks for tuning in to LGBT Tech After Hours. I'm Chris. I'm, I'm Ellie. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're mine.
2: And I'm D. am not Ellie.
0: No, and but. I'm Ellie. I'm not D. Okay. <laughs> for, more, <laughs> for more information, resources, and to stay up to date with us, visit us at our website, lgbttech.org. Follow us on Instagram, LGBT Tech. Twitter, at LGBT Tech. And Facebook, LGBT Tech. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, Alex. What? Mike's no longer hot.
1: Who's Mike?